Hey everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. I had the great fortune of having Nick Diener from The Swellers on the podcast today. And well, shit. I know I've said this many times, and at this point, you're probably thinking I'm lying. But man, this has got to be one of the best episodes I've ever done so far. Nick was an absolute pleasure to have from start to finish. You'll hear so many wild stories and get a sense of what he's up to nowadays. We talk about the records with the Swellers, the humble beginnings, and how someone he knew would actually microwave literal shit and run amok. If you're a musician and play guitar, you absolutely need to check out Nick's new fortune, his newest business venture, the one, the only, Wonder Effects. Yes, it's a reference to the hit Tom Hanks movie, That Thing You Do. Wonder Effects is a company that Nick built from the ground up during that crippling COVID pandemic that you might have heard about. He makes pedals, sweet, strong, and sassy guitar pedals with that flair that you could only dream about. If you're dying of curiosity or just really bad with saying no to buying things, head on over to WonderEffects.com and pick up some of his products today. You'll be super glad you did. Your neighbors might not be super glad, but you sure as hell will be. And if you never listen to The Swellers, get on it, because we all know there will be a reunion at some point, someday. And if you want to be the cool kid in the pit that knows the words and not the lame guy in the back with his arms folded, you better get familiar and hop into that discography. As always, if you like this show and don't want to see it slip into the ass crack of oblivion, be sure to slap it with that five-star rating. And follow the Instagram at Kellen's Petty Talk Show to stay up to date on all the new guest announcements. Sit back, relax, and fire away. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show. How you doing, man? I am doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I love that uh, Gene Simmons little caricature behind you on the wall. Yeah, they are modern recreations of old, I think maybe 70s Kiss like dolls. Like they're like cardboard little, uh, I don't know, they're they're like held together at all the joints by little pins. Almost like those like uh, paper fastener things. And uh, my wife's cousin ended up making them and like selling them on Etsy like for like a lot of money and i was like and i was like dude i want to support you these are incredible Uh, his name's jw kinser and he was just like hey you know build me a pedal i'll send you all three oh hell yeah "Uh," and i was like what do you mean all three dude there's four guys in kiss and he was like (laughs) i haven't made peter chris yet and i'm like whatever dude this is fine so yeah i got a paul and ace up there too and Oh yeah, I see them now. Yeah, they're on yeah, the side. They, yeah, they're somewhere up there. But <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have a ton of decoration out here except for uh guitars and yeah, kiss paper dolls. But <laughs> <laughs> those are super cool. Have you ever seen that uh that weird kiss movie that they made in the seventies called uh Kiss Meets Phantom of the Park? I don't think so, no. It's so bad, but it's so worth watching if you can get your hands on it. 
Oh yeah, I, I need more of that kind of stuff in my life. I'm all about uh yeah, just weird stuff, especially you know, things bands created, you know, band movies and right. I kind of I want to go back and check out all like the Beatles and Elvis movies and definitely I, I don't I don't have much time to do these things, but uh it's on my list for sure. Yeah. Just drag your kids into it. <laughs> oh yeah, seriously. I mean like it's on YouTube, it's gonna be cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So how how are you enjoying the whole work from home lifestyle now? Um, it's been good. Uh, I guess technically I've always done that, uh, except for when I was touring with the band. But you know, it's like I wouldn't really call that a a job or a career. It's just like a thing that I did. It was like a state of being for ten years. Um, but yeah, when I was home from tour. It was always recording bands in my studio, doing any kind of odds and ends I could involving music. Uh, and then, yeah, when that ended up kind of shifting into the pedal building, starting a music gear company, uh, it was a lot more of that working from home and the added bonus of not having anybody here with me ever. So <laughs> it was uh, pretty cool, you know, and the, the timing of it kind of starting with the COVID lockdown um, I think there's a lot of pedal companies that were spawned because of that. And I was basically ready to go two weeks before the lockdown. Um, and then, you know, you heard like rumblings of, oh, things are going to get weird. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, at least I'll have something to do. You know, I'll build a couple pedals for my pals and maybe we could pay for our groceries. And yeah. And then here I am about three years later and I'm like, oops, like this is the... <laughs> This is what I do now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you started Wonder Effects pretty much from the ground up during the pandemic. So how, how did that all come to fruition so like smoothly for you? Uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, I don't know if anybody else has done it this way, but I think every pedal builder slash company has a very long, slow story of first I learned how to do that da, 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 and then I found out <laughs> I could do that and it's like and then the next, the next year I found out I can put knobs on the pedals and then I figured out a year later I can get circuit boards made and then finally instead of hand painting my enclosures I started getting stuff UV printed like that was my story but it was like three weeks like I literally was like this day is this is what I'm doing. And then the next day I met someone who was able to help me out in this way. And then, the and then before I knew it, I was actually looking through old emails, trying to dig up some old schematics and things from pedals. Yeah. And I, I got kind of emotional. It was like April, 2020. And I was talking to my buddy, Matt Maines, who I still, I actually was texting with him today. And he was kind of one of my first circuit board designers and trying to make sense of just my crazy stuff that I was spouting. And you could see in the email, I had no idea what I was talking about. Um, I know a lot more now. I, I'm still not very technical. But it was pretty wild to just kind of see me all excited and cooped up at home. And like I could almost smell the Clorox wipes and the hand sanitizer from that <laughs> era. Like just so much uh, uncertainty. And, uh, you know, luckily I had something to do. And look forward to i think that's what kind of kept me rolling anyway has the business been pretty prosper prosperous as of late surprisingly yeah that's um, cool 2020 and 2021 were kind of notoriously known as like the best music gear sales years ever 
from wow. you know some of like the biggest companies out there and then a bunch of small companies too i think people were just like i'm home i'm gonna buy gear guitars right. pedals whatever and then 2022 happened and everybody was kind of like all right like covid's not a thing as much we're not really worrying about that there's no lockdowns there's no more unemployment coming in you know there's it, it was a, a really big change and I think a lot of companies realize that they kind of had a fluke two years mm -hmm. and uh, kind of fell by the wayside. And I was worried too. Like there was like a solid hunk in the middle of the summer where a bunch of even bigger pedal companies, like we have our own little discord where we're all talking and these big companies were like, anybody feeling this? Like how rough this is right now? And I was like, okay, good. I'm not alone. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like this is something that we're kind of all working toward. And and then around fall again, you know, there was another uptick. And then I had some new pedals come out and it was almost just as good as, you know, 2021. Maybe it might have even been better. I have to do my taxes this week, so I'm going to find out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's good enough that I'm like, all right, we're going to keep going. And I'm not going to, you know, try to find a new line of work so yeah, that's yeah. cool <laughs> no it's awesome it's working for you what are the different effects options that people can choose from you know i'm certainly not a pedal connoisseur myself but like what do the different pedals allow you to do uh basically when i started the pedal company it was like i'm gonna make whatever i would want like whatever i would grab totally. so over the time you know the process i was like i'm gonna want a boost pedal i'm gonna want a low to mid gain overdrive that's kind of like an always on like just nice sound i'm gonna want kind of like a higher gain distortion i'm gonna want like my weird new unique thing uh, i'm gonna want my weirdo fuzz uh and then basically so i have like what i would call the bottom row of my pedal board all different dirt pedals uh different types of gain and distortion uh so pretty much anything in that world is what I offer right now. And I'm looking to expand. So um, mm -hmm. I think this year is finally the year of like delay um, with a little bit of modulation. I, like I'm going to come out swinging pretty hard. If this pedal that I'm working on ends up coming out this year, mm -hmm. everybody's going to be like, whoa, like this is what you're doing next, you know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that because uh I think there's a lot of people who sit around and watch my stuff and they're like, yeah, but I don't use dirt pedals. You know, they're like, I use, I use an amp for my dirt, my distortion. So it's like, let me know when you make a chorus or a reverb. And I'm always like, yeah, <laughs> one day. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, there's going to be a couple of artist collaborations, which are always fun. Cause it's kind of like, Hey, like tell your entire fan base about my little company yes yeah, and then and i'll have like a product that i can be excited about and work on and um i've done a couple little things in the past like that like uh last year uh, and the year before that i had the signature model fuzz pedal for a pro wrestler and that was one of the weirdest things that i've ever done and i thought i would sell you know 30 of them and we would call it but he ended up signing to a really big TV contract. Uh, his name's Danhausen, um, and if anybody doesn't know him, he pretty much looks like a demon with a white, like white face paint, uh, <laughs> and he acts like a mix of Mr. Burns and Conan O'Brien. <laughs> 
and it's a very strange gimmick but you know he's on aew uh whatever that's on tnt uh every week he was like the top seller in merchandise and for pro wrestling yeah. period last year um so yeah i ended up selling a lot of effects pedals with his face on them yeah. um and he and he doesn't even play guitar which is hilarious <laughs> so that that just kind of adds to the gimmick but yeah this year i'm gonna have a couple more uh like artist pedals you know designed for and by them uh so that'll be really cool and then um yeah just looking to kind of keep expanding and fun you know do some some fun stuff that i've never done before so i don't get bored or stagnant yeah no for sure that's super sick i thought for sure you were going to mention that you did it for andy williams from every time i die because he also wrestles for aew so i thought that's who you were talking about that's kind of funny oh right that would make so much more sense than like <laughs> yeah. the, the small tattooed demon man who doesn't play <laughs> guitar yeah. um you know that would that would definitely make more sense uh, i actually sent one of those fuzzhausen pedals to andy though so yeah, that sure. was that was kind of a cool thing like hey you know like remember me from back in the day because <laughs> uh you know my old band the swellers and every time i die well was it yeah i guess it was Etid. one time we ended up doing some shows with uh their other little super group band what was it called the damn things yeah the damn things yep yeah so we did a couple shows with you know each of those bands like i think it was mostly in australia so oh, it was kind of cool. yeah it was kind of cool to oh and like warp tour and stuff like that so you know we crossed paths but we we weren't really in that scene we didn't really play shows together outside of festivals and things like that for sure and, and didn't you have like a red rider uh pedal at one point oh yeah yeah still got that going um that's like my rat style distortion and yeah, yeah. you know the christmas story is just one of my all-time favorite things in the world um, if I could keep my house decorated for Christmas all year round, I would. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I'd be that weird guy, you know, at the end of the road, like who's still got his Christmas lights up. Same. Um, but yeah, I always just wanted a pedal called the Red Rider, and it was actually my first idea for a name for a pedal, and so I'm glad I got to do it. You know, I'm glad I got to have that in my line, and uh, it's still there, it's still kicking, um, and it's it's sparklier than ever. So yeah, just uh. It's changed its look a couple times, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good little trusty trusty pedal to have. And then I have another pedal called Old Blue. That's an Old Blue Overdrive, and that's another Christmas story reference. He only calls his gun Old Blue one time in that movie. But <laughs> I was like, I got the Red Rider. I want the counterpart. You know, we'll call this one Old Blue. So classic. Yeah, they got toy guns. You know, so like the Red Rider is like the BB gun, and then Old yeah. Blue, the artwork. It's like a bunch of revolvers, but. I have a, that circle of caps on the badge too. So it's like, hello, it's a cap gun. You know, don't yeah. be offended. Don't be offended or afraid. Um, <laughs> like this yeah. is about nostalgia, not about murder. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm trying not to, you know, glorify anything too gnarly. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, RIP Melinda Dillon, the, the mom from A Christmas uh, Story just died. Such a I bummer. Know. It breaks my heart, man. Because I, I just watched the, you know, the A Christmas Story story, the new movie, Ugh. and I was like, "This is a great movie. I'm having fun," but not having Melinda Dillon in it, like, actually, really took me out. Yeah, um, totally. 
Because, you know, I, I totally understand, you know, recasting if someone's not available, if someone doesn't doesn't want to do it, if someone died, like, yeah, I can suspend my disbelief and be like, eh, it's fine. We're moving on. Right. Um, like, you know, like the Dark Knight. It's like, oh, that's a, a completely different, uh, you know, actress. Um, <laughs> that's not, you know, Katie Holmes anymore. Whatever. Yeah. This yeah. Is, it, it's a, it's all pro wrestling, man. It's just like you suspend your disbelief, you get into it. But yeah, when uh. When Melinda wasn't in it, I was just like, oh, like yeah. my, like I was like, that's my heart, man. Like that's Bud's kill, yeah. It got weird, but yeah, I still <laughs> liked them. I liked the movie a lot. It was a, uh, uh, it was cute. It was it was tender. Yeah, it was fun seeing some of them come back for sure. Yeah. So, uh, how have you been enjoying being a dad? Oh, it's been amazing. Probably, you know, it's it's weird when people are just like, you oh, know, I didn't know true happiness until I had kids, but it's, um, yeah, you know, I could take it a step further and just be like, I'm super not wanting to die now. Yeah, like yeah. I really, really want to be alive, which is uh, you know, yeah, I'm I'm not trying to be too macabre or too intense, but like you know, before I had kids, it was just like, whatever, man, you know, if I got in a car accident and that was it, like I had an all right life, that's fine. Right. Um, I won't know what anything feels like after I'm gone. Who cares? Um, but yeah, when, I, you know, having kids that are your best friends and you also want to, you, you would do anything for them. Uh, it's such a crazy, crazy feeling that I never knew that I was ever going to feel. Um, I mean, I never even knew I was going to have a family. Uh, so it's just kind of, it, it put everything into perspective and, and it also makes me want to stay home even more. So, yeah, no, for sure. You, which you, I'm cool. I'm cool with that, but <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And you, you live in yeah. the, the country of Michigan. It's pretty beautiful out there. You like it? Yeah, it's cool. This town I live in called Chessening and it's uh like 35 miles, 35 minute drive, I would say, northwest of Flint, which is kind of, that was sort of my old stomping grounds. Uh, and like 35 minutes southwest of Saginaw, Michigan, which is also where we live right before here. And I, I don't know, I never would have been caught dead living out in the sticks. Like I was just like, no, nah, I got to be in the city near vegan food and culture. I'm like, there's no way. And then <laughs> I don't know, this house popped up on the market. My wife was like, how would you like to look at this house? It's in the middle of a giant cornfield and it's pretty close to where her parents live. And it's like her old hometown. And I was like, sign me up. I was like, That's get me. I was like, get me away from people. I was at that point in my life where I was like, I need that change. And definitely. Yeah, it felt felt really good. So we got a, a nice little piece of property out here. And, you know, the skyline is out of control. Like, oh, I bet just there's so much sky. You know, you, you walk out in your backyard and you're kind of just like, whoa, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've never seen anything like that, you know, outside of like driving on a highway and you're coming down a hill and you could see, you know, for miles. It's kind of like what it's like in my backyard. It's really flat, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's cool. It's peaceful. The sunset's got to be pretty killer there too. Yeah, that's the best part. Um, yeah. Our backyard is the west, so the sun sets there, and then the front yard's the east, so you can catch the sunrise if you're. That's the thing. Like my kids are such 
they're they're at such a needy age both of them it's like yeah. a two-year-old and a five-year-old and they're needy in different ways so i wake up in the morning and it's like go like it is running back and forth across the house like feed the dogs let the dogs out make sure the dogs don't run away get them back inside <laughs> retrieve the youngest the baby you know get her out of her crib um make sure that the five-year-old's you know happy get them both watered and fed <laughs> pick, pick out their clothes make lunch for both of them and then it's like brush teeth keep your socks on and then it's like before you know it time to go to school time to go to daycare and then i usually will try if it's a certain day of the week try to get to the gym immediately yeah at 8 30 and then i get home and then it's like all right like it, it's it's crazy in the morning and then pretty much from 3 306 when my son gets out of school it's non-stop from then till bedtime yeah, so uh sure. so like right now it's 10 p.m 10 30 here everybody's sleeping this is my it's your downtime quiet zen time and yeah and sometimes i can usually i'm working if i'm up this late you know getting yeah. some more done but mm -hmm. uh yeah, it's nice just hanging out and talking to another grown-up. Feels good. <laughs> it's Dude, rare. I, I appreciate it so much. You just taking the time too. Honestly, this means a lot. Like I love doing this kind of stuff. Oh, hey, I appreciate you wanting to talk to me. That's always cool. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, just sharing, just sharing and stuff. You know, sharing is caring. So, <laughs> living <laughs> living a vegan lifestyle for over twenty years must have been you know somewhat difficult in the beginning with the lack of options, right? <laughs> yeah, it certainly was weird back back in the day. But um, you know, I had a lot of gusto back then, and I was like, I'm going to make it work, going to make it happen. And right, yeah, now it's crazy. You know, just go to the grocery store, and it's just like options. I can have the I can have the sloppiest, meatiest, cheesiest, bloodiest thing for dinner now and i'm just like what <laughs> like what is this you know um and the same thing with restaurants you know my town isn't necessarily super vegan friendly but no. um you know if you get a, a pizza without cheese from the pizza place or you can get a chinese food you know substitute tofu in you're good um but that kind of makes it more exciting to venture out to the quote-unquote big city which yeah. is like, you know, just another town 20 minutes away, you know, get something different. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, and also just, you know, with how busy my life is, it's great to be able to have a date night and, you know, drive an hour away to go eat somewhere special and then just come right back home. So mm -hmm. it's made me appreciate that stuff a lot more, but, uh, yeah, it's weird. It's like, I don't even think about the, uh, the vegan plant-based thing anymore. It's just kind of how I roll and, I also, you know, it's, I'm a lot less, well, I'm a lot less of an asshole about it. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, you know, you catch more flies with honey. Um, you, you want people on your team, you're going to, you're going to try to be chill about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and nice, <laughs> nice, you know, nice and helpful about it. But also, you know, it's like, if there's some kind of weird milk protein that might appear in the pizza dough, like I'm not gonna stress out over that, you know. It's like I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna stop my life, you know, for these <laughs> little trivial things, you know. Especially while I was traveling, I kind of had to. Yeah. It's like sometimes you have to stop in at a Perkins in Kearney, Nebraska, uh, on Thanksgiving, and that's like that's your option. 
and then you're like, all right, what do we got? You know, it's, <laughs> I think I ate uh, oatmeal, applesauce, and hash browns Hell yeah. for that Thanksgiving. Like that was an actual example. That was a real thing I did. Um, but yeah, it's been a, <laughs> I'm trying to eat at home a lot more. I kind of have to, but yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, just trying to be a little bit healthier, I guess. I, uh, I puked in a Perkins once <laughs> when I was a kid. Nice. I think Pukins. I, <laughs> yeah, puke. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had just gotten out of like a surgery or something. I was super groggy and I was on like medication, but I must have been like a really little kid. But I'll never forget that. Yeah, it kind of ruined Perkins for me. I puked right after a surgery when I was a little kid too. I got my adenoids taken out. Okay. This is a, a tangent, but it's kind of similar since I puked. <laughs> I was in like the waiting room. Yeah, and yeah. then I remember the nurse or whoever, you know, the lady helping me out, bringing me popsicles and stuff. She was a, like, we have movies, we have tapes. Like, what do you <laughs> want to watch? I was like, what do you got? I don't care. I'm six. And then she was like, we have this, we have this. And then we have the Goonies. Oh, yeah. And I went, and I went, oh, hell yeah. Like, put on the Goonies. I've been wanting to see this. And they put it on. And I was super disappointed because I thought it was a movie from the 80s called Ghoulies. <laughs> like, like a b horror movie that i saw the cover of a million times in the movie yeah. store and i was like this doesn't have any little goblins in it at all like <laughs> like i'm like where are these goonies and then i realized it's not not the same movie and it wasn't until years later that i was like okay i can i can watch the goonies uh and appreciate it not being a small goblin film uh <laughs> yeah that's sick. that's sick that you even know what the ghoulies is that's that's awesome yeah i think there was ghoulies and ghoulies too yeah. yeah, that was like that was like my life when I was a kid was like walking in the horror movie aisle and just being freaked out. And totally. my mom also had no care as far as ratings go. And she was just like, it's like, why wow, you want that? OK, here you go. So, yeah, I was watching <laughs> and I got things like out of order. So, like, I got Child's Play 2 first. Yeah, I was yeah. Like literally five years old. Um, <laughs> and yeah, my brother was not happy. He was, you know, a year, a little over a year younger than me. And yeah it was uh it was good it was a good time though it's, i think it made my brain real weird so it was good for something yeah child's play 2 is a classic i got a poster right there oh no way you can sort of see it yeah that's, oh, yeah, that's the, one the, of my favorite the scissors that's that's what freaked me out i was just like this is so messed up mom can we get this incredible and poster <laughs> i think i think one of the first things i ever got was uh god who i don't even know the name of the movie but it was like a, an 80s alien movie and we got it and i remember it was kind of like one of my earliest memories was like sitting in the living room watching it and it was with uh was it, I, what was it extra oh, extra no it was okay. okay so it was um oh my god i can't even think <laughs> christopher walken okay was in it which I didn't know, you know, for like another 20 years who Christopher Walken was. That's a weird thing. Like you can know all these different actors and movie stars. And then you realize you watched a movie with them in it when you were a kid, but you had no idea who they were like critters, you know, like Leo DiCaprio is like in like that movie or whatever. And you're like, wait, what? And then you, you go yeah. back and you're like, oh my God, that was him. But yeah, this, this movie was not good. It yeah. was not action packed, and it was. Uh, I looked it up on Wikipedia years later. You know, it's not well received. Nobody talks about that movie, but I just remember being like, "I need to rent this" because the cover yeah. was freaking me out. It had like an alien kind of like 
you know, fading into the background and like a big, like gray face. Oh God. It was called something like communion. Reu- communion. Yeah. Yeah. Had to look I it up. I almost said, I almost said reunion. And I was like, that's not it. Or reconciliation. <laughs> yep. I remember that was like the first movie. I was, I think I might've been literally four years old and being like, mom, wow, please get this for me. And I didn't understand a single thing. You know, it's like <laughs> when you're that young, you can't figure it out. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I have endless, endless horror rec- recs if you ever need any. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I need to get back on that train. Got I've it. Been, uh, I, there's some moments when I get to build pedals when I'm sitting in front of the TV, like on the couch. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I'm, I'm doing stuff that doesn't involve a soldering iron. And that's when I'm like, ooh, what haven't I seen in a long time? Or what what do I need to see? And right. yeah, that stuff's a lot of fun. I'm actually I'm in a I'm in a like a movie group now with the the singer of like Polar Bear Clubs in it and a bunch of like band oh, pe- cool band people. But we're doing we're doing horror movie sequels this month, and they just picked today we're doing uh, Blair Witch Two for next week. Oh, nice! Yeah. I don't even know if I saw Blair Witch Two. Yeah, it's it's but... pretty pretty bad. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I saw Blair Witch the first one in the theater with my dad oh, and my cool. brother. Yeah, I was like way into horror movies at that time too and i remember like stigmata came out around then too yeah and i remember just being like dad let's go he's like what is your deal like (laughs) wanting to see like stigmata and blair witch oh and then we saw uh american pie yeah when when it came out when i was still very young yeah yeah but we were told to go see it by like a family friend who were like we we lived in grand rapids michigan at the time and the person who i think wrote the movie or someone involved was from East Grand Rapids. And that's why the high school is called East Great Falls. Yeah, and they were yeah. like, it's like the whole, a whole like Grand Rapids, you know, reunion. Everybody's coming home. Like, make sure you go see this movie. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Like my mom <laughs> was like, not happy. like sitting next to me and like watching someone like have sex with a pie. And I'm just like, Jesus, <laughs> this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, yeah. Yeah, good good memories of seeing movies I wasn't supposed to see. And it happened like every week, I swear to God. And I was like watching something terrible like with my parents and they're they're just like, What is this? And yeah, totally. some of them they actually they turned off. There was a movie called Salem's Lot. It was a oh, hell yeah. Stephen King movie. Yeah, they were like, nah. I think <laughs> and I think it was because like a guy and a girl were like making out in the beginning, but they were like brother and sister. I could be wrong. <laughs> But they were like, not this. And I was like, whatever. Like <laughs> this is where we draw the line. You can go back to watching the pie fucking. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot more uh, acceptable, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've been producing records for quite a few years now, but you're ultimately taking a step back for a bit from doing that, or at least you yeah. know, thinning out the herd. Yeah, I think it's uh last year, you know, I deleted my studio website because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't need people contacting me and me having to vet people and let them basically let them know my schedule which is not good it's not conducive to having a band over here making records so the people that were coming i'm like listen these are my hours they're very short i'm gonna do a good job you know if you like what i've done in the past i'm still that person but i'm just not you know in the in the phase of letting band people sleep at my house and mm-hmm. do 16 hour days in the studio. I'm like, it's just not who I am anymore. 
And so a lot of people are like, that's fine. Us too. You know, we're all dads. We all have full-time jobs. Uh, let's just make it happen. Mm-hmm. And then this year, I've pretty much completely closed up shop and I'm just taking on anybody who I've been working on for a while mm-hmm. uh, who's like, hey, you know, we did those six songs last year. We're going to do, you know, six more and add to that record. And I'm just like, ah, fine, <laughs> Let, let's finish it up. Like, let's do it. Um, but yeah, you know, all that to say, like, I really am trying to quit. Yeah. And it's very hard to say no to people because mm-hmm. um, I get so excited about it. You know, I love it. I love making records. And and then I realize, like, ah, oh, like if I get stuck on a mix, yeah, and it's gonna take a while, and I, then I send it to them, and then they don't like this and this and this, and then I have to spend another hour tweaking that, and then I wait for the next email, and then I, I did the, all that math in my head, and it was like, or I could sit down and wait for a pedal to sell and make twice that money right. instantly with like no extra work. Yeah. And I was like, shit, like that is, uh, <clears throat> I think that's, uh, kind of how, how I'm going to have to look at things, you know? Yeah. And you, like, can, you can ultimately pick and choose like whenever you do decide to do one anyway, recording. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I feel like I'm doing a couple of things for a couple buds this year and mm-hmm. I got something on Friday coming in, finishing up a few mixes here and there, but yeah. And, and, you know, every time I get, I get so stressed out about it and then I actually sit down and start working on it. And then I'm like in the zone. I'm like, no, I love this. This is good. Yeah. And then I get that next email of like, Hey, we want to try this. And then I get so stressed out again. Um, so yeah, it's a big love hate relationship. And, uh, yeah, I just think I, I want to focus on making my own stuff someday yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's been a really long time and uh yeah i just don't really have the time or the the drive to do it so there's always something to do every single day i wake up and i'm like okay got my list of stuff for work that i got to do whether it's build pedals or tinker with you know prototypes and try to get those right mm-hmm. um and i try not to work on weekends but like today i was down here mm-hmm. chipping away at a, a prototype pedal And I'm just like, man, it was like giving me such grief. And then I know like tomorrow I'm going to plug it in and I'll probably love it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of love hate with the pedal world too, but at least I get to suffer in silence and no one really gets to see me do it. You know, it's (laughs) kind of nice. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, so, so pilot by hot mulligan is the best release that that band has put out to this day, in my opinion, of course. Oh, cool. Right. And, on. uh, you know, you helmed the production on this banger with, you know, they're very different and unconventional sound. How did you approach leading this recording? Oh, I think before that I did their EP and before that I did a split and I remember, you know, seeing the band name and being like, what the fuck? Like what? <laughs> okay. And then they were just like kids from the upper peninsula. And I'm like, whatever, like, this is just going to be like another one of those bands that comes in and records two songs and I'm never going to hear from them again. Right. And then I actually listened to their songs that, you know, they had out already. And I was like, oh, these sound really great. Okay, cool. Uh, And then they came in and the, the two songs they recorded, I was like, these are really great. Like, this is a great band. And then they were like, yeah, we'd like to do our EP with you. And I was like, 
that's an honor. Cool. Like, I think you guys will, you know, blow up. Like, let's do this. Did the EP. I was like, these are great songs too. Cool. And then when they came back to do a full length with me, I was just like, they already were really picking up some steam at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was just kind of like realizing I got to learn more from them than they're going to learn from me. Um, I kind of threw in a lot of stuff that was technical where they would be like, here's the next part. And they would play like a guitar riff and then the band would play it four more times. And I'd be like, okay, that's freaking me out. You know, like if they're going to play the guitar riff, have the band play it three times after. So it's four total. The symmetry is there. Other, otherwise, it feels like you're playing it too long. You know, there's just like little things like that where I'm like, technically do this. The crowd's banging their head. They're going to be ready for you to go into this part here. You know, there's like things like that. Feel things. And then there'd be something weird that they would do vocally, lyrically on a guitar. And my gut would be like, no, like, what are you doing? And then I'd stop and be like, Nick, this band is going to be way bigger than your band ever was. <laughs> Let them do the thing that they're about to do because they know better than you as far as what they want and what honestly what their fans are going to dig. And that was like one of the first records where I was like, I actually took a back seat to a lot of it. And I said, do what you think is going to be, you know, the thing that makes the kids freak out at the show. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then there was a couple songs on that record where I really did take the helm because they were like super incomplete ideas that they had. Like, uh, the, the song armadillo shells, you know, Chris was just playing something on guitar and yeah, I was like, this is cool. Let's do it real stripped down electro drums. And they're like, wait, what? And then <laughs> we try kind of tried to demo it out real quick and Tade's went in to go sing something and he just like couldn't sing it because it was so high and he was like blowing out his voice i'm like well why the hell is this song this high you don't need to be this high the capo's on the fifth fret let's put it out on the fucking first fret put it on the first fret re-recorded it and then he was like i'm gonna finish up the lyrics tonight and then you know come back tomorrow yeah and then we've pretty much recorded the song capo first fret I did some weird little synthy things and some weird little drummy things. And then Tades went in and he had pages of lyrics written and just kind of sang in like the weirdest spots over the recording. And I was like, dude, all these melodies and stuff that you're doing are very cool. But like, instead of doing intro, like make the intro the verse. And then when it goes to the next part, let's make that the chorus. Yeah. And then it's going to do a little break and then you're back into, and he was just like, oh, all right. So I kind of told him, like, dude, trust me. And he went in and sang all the parts in the spots that I was talking about. And then it, when it came to the chorus, I remember being like, don't rap this thing. Don't rapid fire this. Give me a hook. Make it simple. Make it sick. And he's just like, and I was like, shit, like, here he goes again. And then I was like listening to it and I was like, God, it's so good. It's so, <laughs> it's so catchy. So I was yeah. like, here, here they go showing me, yeah. you know, what actually works. And, you know, thank God they did. Cause like in my head, I'm like, you know, keep it simple, stupid, but 
they're fans. They want to learn every single word and they want right. to yell, yell it all at them. And I was like, this is cool. And then, yeah, I remember the bridge basically take away the vocals. It's, it's a sweller song. I, I, I said, I was like, hey, I play these chords. It sounds like a bridge through an octave guitar. So that's not something hot mulligan does. And <laughs> I actually remember Tate's being like, uh, doesn't this part sound a little dad? And I was like, <laughs> it does. Like, I'll admit it's that's a little sick. dad. It's a little like 2001 Millen Colin, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's Tony Hawk pro skater Two ballad edition. But, you know, they kept it. They liked it. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, you know, after they left and went home, I was like, I don't know if they're going to really dig that song a lot. Maybe they'll like tuck it in on the record. And it was the first single they put out on the record. And I was like, this is a nice compliment, you know, that this, yeah, this song that like came together in the studio and it was like half me, half them. And then it just kind of happened. So I always I, I think about that song in particular because I'm I'm a song person. Like yeah, sure, sure. I like albums, but like there's always like one or two songs that I'm like Yeah. That that that's the one. So totally. it's it's cool that you know I got to have my hands you know in one of their one of their bigger, bigger jams. But yeah. So you, you were in a band called Wounded Touch for a bit that signed yeah. to Smart Punk a few years back and you recorded the EP. Did you enjoy, yeah. you know, your short lived time in that band? Yeah, it was cool. Um, that was kind of at the point when I thought that maybe I could just keep being a band dude. Yeah. And it was pretty much right. I was mixing that record as we were moving into this house uh, in Chessening. So that would have been like super late 2018. And we played like a couple shows together. And then I remember they were like, we're going to go to Canada for like a week. And I remember just being like, I can already tell you, like, I'm not going to want to go. <laughs> like, yeah, like I, like I, I liked all the guys in the band. I liked the band, but I was just like, I just don't think I'm going to be able to do this. And, you know, so they ended up getting someone different and I was, you know, happy to have done the EP and everything, but yeah, for sure. God. Yeah. Since then I haven't done anything and it's, and I'm cool with it. You know, I'm actually content I'm getting a little itchy, you know, to like record something at least of my own. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I am. Though, like those four years went by really fast. It was like, whoa. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, for sure. And I didn't write any of those songs, you know, so it's been even longer. It's been over half a decade since I like wrote and recorded something, which is kind of freaks me out. <laughs> well, I know when you do put something out, we're all going to be here for it. I know so many Swellers fans that are you know, oh, hoping thanks, for something, some big return at some point, you know. Yeah, I'll try to try to see if I can, you know, remember any of the weird ideas I've had over the past like 10 years, you know. Yeah. It's like there's so many little song bits that are floating around and uh no lyrics. I never have lyrics. I have tons of melodies, but Yo, I'm the same way. That's so funny. I literally I, I'm not great at writing lyrics, but melodies I'm decent at. Yeah. I th I think that's just how brains work. There's so many musicians that I yeah. could write you a 12 song record that doesn't have a single word, but I have all the melodies and harmonies all mapped out. Yep. Yep. And it's, and it's great, but I don't know what it's about until <laughs> I'm about to get into the studio. And yeah. So I think that might be one of my goals is to actually uh, maybe be more lyric focused and yeah, yeah. also being more specific, I think is something I want to do. 
I was all about metaphors and things like that. Yeah. Kind of being like, this song could be about whatever you want it to be. But then I realized so many great songs, they tell you exactly what they're talking about. They're right. like, like, here's the intersection where this happened. And I saw this guy and he shat on a fire hydrant and then blah, blah, blah. And it's like, whoa, like you are literally painting me a literal picture. Yeah. Like, uh, well, a f- you are literally painting me a figurative picture. Um, yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think music fans like to be in on it. They like to they like to know your friend's name that woke up next to you drunk in the whatever, you know, like they want to know the the numbers on the side of the house, like the address, like where this all happened, you know, this totally, which I used to be so annoyed by that stuff. And now I'm like, oh, OK, I, I think I can dig that now. Music lovers are very nosy. <coughs> Dude, when I was when I was driving oh, yeah. outside of Chicago, a couple like a year ago or something, I had to go see the American football house. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. That's kind of just part of it. I think just part uh, of it. Every once in a while, I feel like I want to almost drive by like the old swellers houses. Like, like yeah. just, Whoa, that's, you know, where I wrote there, there's like one house where we lived for geez, how long, maybe three months. And it was like an interim house between, uh, when we lived in our parents' house, and then when my brother and I got our own house in Flint, yeah, and uh, yeah, like the best I ever had was written in that basement, and then my brother wrote the song Park View based on the street that that house was on, yeah. So, yeah, that house got a lot of uh, a lot of love from songwriting, and like the only guest that we had over to that house was actually Andrew Dost from the band Fun. And this was oh. before before Fun signed to Fueled by Ramen and became like the big radio sensations. You know, it was like yeah, wow. and Andrew was this guy who played in a band called Anathalo, and then they were from Michigan, and then he played in Fun, and we just talked a bunch. We talked about Weezer all the time, so he like came over. We jammed Weezer songs, and I was like, "Well, see you later." And you know, then a couple <laughs> of years later we're playing together and they signed a fuel by ramen. And then he's like, yeah, I'm hoping, you know, people like this new record. And I was like, yeah, dude, good luck. And then bam. So (laughs) it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, I still talk to Andrew every now and then he's uh, back in Michigan. He lives like up, up North, but yeah, super cool guy. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. They blew up like super quick when they did. Yeah. Breaks my heart, dude. It's like they were, Boom, boom, boom on the top of the on the top of the world and then they were just like uh yeah i think we're done and we're moving on to different things yeah and i and i was like wait what like geez it's kind of yeah. crazy you know but it happens you know oh, i'm in a band sure. that doesn't play together anymore and i know how it can be you know there's you know no bad blood in yeah. my band i don't know if there's any bad blood in their situation but yeah sometimes it just it doesn't work i think bands i think people fans people in the industry everybody there's like this expectation that like you're supposed to just like you know lick your wounds and make amends and do the thing again like reunite and you know just all that stuff but it's weird because like there's other people who have other jobs that you might like but you're not going to go like ask them like oh dude you were you were the waiter at this restaurant and you were always so good to us. Like, dude, 
why can can you just be a waiter again? Like, right. <laughs> when are you when are you gonna do that? I loved when you did that, and it's just like, oh, dude, like I'm a I'm a doctor now. Like, I I paid my way through that. Like, I'm good. Like, I, oh, but man, like it was so. Wouldn't it be cool if you like served <laughs> me chicken tenders again? You know. Man? <laughs> so sometimes I feel like that when people ask to like, like totally. why why I won't get my band back together. Yeah. The first thing I say is like, dude. Well, it's like. 8 45 it's like it's uh, it's time to get the kids to bed like right. yeah that's my miss my main reason you know it's yeah. like dude i cannot and i think i wanted to get back together and i don't know if this was like another question you had down the road about this sort of thing but yeah <laughs> dude it's like i maybe like a couple of years after we broke up i was like dude i could imagine what our comeback would be like and maybe four years after i was like dude yeah, maybe at the five years of us being gone, maybe that's when we're going to really feel like doing it again. And yeah, now it's been almost eight, yeah. almost eight years. And like, it's almost like I'm thinking there's no way in hell mm-hmm. we can make this work like this year or next year or the next year. But yeah. of course, you know, never say never. It you can, never know. You know, things can happen. But yeah, like as of right now, it's like watching each band member get considerably more busy and yeah. like family based. It's it's kind of wild. It's cool. You know, it's cool to see. Yeah. But like, yeah, it just gets more and more uh, you know, becomes like a distant dream. So yeah. but you know, I I can talk about it again. You know, it's like I didn't want to talk about it at all for a while because it was just like I bet. it's like it's like, hello, I'm up here. You know, it's like <laughs> what are you staring at my past like yeah but yeah no it's all good happy times most of it so speaking of the swellers i have a bunch of swellers questions now um oh, I, sure. know, I know you've answered a ton of the shit before so like i said you could definitely speed through some of these like it's not a big deal no but, right on but i never i never got the chance to actually see the swellers live believe it or not but oh I, dang i did get to see you play an acoustic set back in 2016 at a halloween party in buffalo whoa you were there i was there i i can't even remember how that even happened because i i think i sort of knew the guy that was putting it on and we got like this invite and i saw you were playing i'm like what and and so we go to this thing yeah yeah we we go to this thing it's like an angola angola um right outside of buffalo and i think we were the only swellers fans there (laughs) yeah i don't think anybody like came out to see me it was more of like a Hey, we want you to come play this Halloween party. Yeah. And that that was back when I would do anything for money. Like really? to to I guess feel relevant and to I mean, dude, if someone says they're gonna pay me and pay me like my gas to drive out to Buffalo and play some acoustic songs, I was like, dude, let's go. What else am I doing? <laughs> you know, that was like pre-kids. So yeah. I was just kind of like, what have I got to lose? Um, and I have a couple friends in Buffalo, so I was like, right on. Oh yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, it's like, I kind of just like posted it in a couple places. Like I, Hey, I'm playing a, at a house in Buffalo and there's gonna be like a bunch of little kids in costumes and like a haunted house. And, and it was awesome. They took really good care of me and stuff. Um, and the guys from the band Benson, a couple of them came out, um, cause they were, like I think the yeah they were the first band that we officially toured with so in 2006 okay um yeah they were a buffalo band and 
couple of those guys came out. So that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, God, 2016. Like, I can't believe it was that long ago now. Like, it, it felt like I'd been out of the game for a long time. But yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's cool, though. That was such a weird night. I felt so like out of place being there because we didn't know anybody there. And it just oh, felt yeah, like yeah. this normal, like family party. <laughs> I mean, there were a bunch of people there, but you know, they had like the haunted house and they had like somebody drawing caricatures. I mean, it was a great night. It was fun. Yeah. I'll give them a shout out. I think they're still doing it. Like they officially started like a line of haunted houses called ever haunt. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I still get emails uh, on their mailing list once a year being like, <laughs> Hey, we're open. And I'm like, Oh hell yeah. I remember that show. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but yeah, we uh we used to play Buffalo all the time. Like that was mm-hmm. always a good time for us. We always had fun. And of course the the Pentimento guys and Yeah. Yeah, lots of lots of love there. Yeah, love them. Miss them. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Mike Mike's a great guy. Yeah, dude. He's uh he's killing it, you know just making tons of music <laughs> it's rad yeah. um oh yeah like, i forgot I think, you worked with him yeah you guys did hotel etiquette y- together yeah i mixed a bunch of a uh, bunch of like his smaller eps and stuff and they came over here once and recorded a bunch of songs and then uh yeah i feel like he's doing what i have in my mind of what i want to do right but like just like i won't even get off the couch just start so <laughs> I, I can commend Mike and hotel etiquette for like just doing it, you know, right. like I guess having the energy and the ambition and the excitement to like put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I, I'm like terrified. Like, I don't want to put myself out there anymore. I like on my pedal page, like some days, like you'll see my face for like a week straight yeah. me saying dumb stuff. And then there'll be like a week where like you won't even see like a trace of me as a person because i'm so like i want to hide and be forgotten you know i keep going through so many uh mm-hmm. phases but uh yeah I, the cool thing about the pedals is they're it's very subjective so it's like if you don't like a pedal like someone else will right and like <laughs> and i don't have to worry about it if you don't like it like i got the money and i'm good like yeah. <laughs> good luck selling it if you don't like it um but yeah with like the the band thing it's like dude a song like comes straight from your heart so if someone like says they don't like it you're just like cool i am completely and utterly destroyed by that statement uh Mm -hmm. thank you very much but yeah pedals are safer you could just make a lot of noise and hide behind it no one could hear you cry (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try to combine some questions because I know you've answered all this and I just want to like make these ones go by a little faster, but dude, you're totally fine. I'm having a good time. Yeah, this is fun. So (laughs) so (laughs) is it, is it true that you got into playing music by playing a WWE theme song on your toy piano? Whoa. Yeah. I think I've only mentioned that once or twice in the wild, but yeah, I just, uh, I had like a little Casio keyboard type thing and I remember sitting there and I think I was trying a couple of different songs and I, I wanted to do like Bret Hart's song <laughs> and I, I, could, I couldn't really figure it out. And then I was like, can I do Hulk Hogan's song? I'm like, eh, I don't know. And then I, I remember, I think I figured out the Undertaker's theme song, which is essentially the funeral march. Yeah. And like my grandma was at the house and she like looked over and was like, 
what, what are you like what are you doing you know <laughs> i think she was like one of the only musical people in my family okay um, like my parents weren't and like i you know i had some aunts and uncles but i wasn't really around them playing music so yeah it was kind of cool um figuring out that i could have a tune in my head and figure it out on a, a keyboard was definitely a big step and also really exciting you know it's like no, definitely like oh cool i created something and i actually was thinking about this the other day like the first thing i learned or the first thing i wrote on guitar it might have been like the day i got the guitar it was this riff and i i still remember it to this day it was just kind of like this like you know wanky like metal like sleazy sounding thing which is very funny for someone who doesn't know how to play guitar mm -hmm. pretty sure i played it with my thumb like on top of the neck you know just kind of and then years later i heard i heard that riff basically and i was like wait what there's a song that does this and it was twist of cane by danzig <laughs> That's and amazing. it was in a different on a different string and you know obviously more nuanced but yeah it, like i basically wrote that like i was like dude sick you know so <laughs> it's kind of cool how uh you know like the first song i wrote ended up being like pretty all right for somebody you know probably got 10 years before i was even playing guitar but yeah kind of fun I, I ran into danzig in 2015 in one Ooh, of the weir that's... weirdest situations ever i went to a dollar store like it's called a 99 cent store out here yeah he was, he was in there and I, well, I was just, I was just like shopping for like a kitchen rag or something. And he like passed in front of me and just like dead stared into my soul. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and he just looked I, so pissed, <laughs> man. I don't know what I would do. Like, right. I, I feel like sometimes you see, you know, obviously you're in LA, right? So like, yeah, yeah. you, you see celebrities and you while. know, you're, and you're friends with celebrities and it's kind of a thing, but there are certain celebrities that are so mythical. Right. Where it's like, you don't really know how to digest it. Yeah. So yeah, like for me, like if I saw Danzig, I would just be like, I, I would see like my life's memories of him flash before my eyes. Like, right. It would be so much like, oh my God, I remember the first time I listened to the Misfits. Like, oh my God, I remember all these memes about him. Oh my God. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like there's just so much, man. Um, that's why I was so worried about talking to him. I thought he was going to fight me if I just even brought up the misfits. Cause this was back when like, you know, he didn't want to even be talking about them. Uh, right. This was pre yep. pre reunions and stuff. So I was like, damn, he had, he had security with him. Yeah, oh, oh, dang. He did. Okay, cool. Yeah. There was a, I think the, the most famous person I ever like literally brushed up against was slash. Oh, hell yeah. And, uh, I was watching slipknot in, uh, where was it? In Australia. <laughs> on like a our last like festival tour that we ever did and yeah someone just came up against the barricade right next to me kind of like crowding me a little bit yeah but i remember just kind of being like looking over and being like like this lady's hair smells really good <laughs> yeah. like i can smell it from here that's like a freshly showered human and i looked over i'm like it's fucking slash <laughs> and then i was just like do i say hi between songs like do i <laughs> And before like the song was done and like slash was like out like just took off and i was like that was cool i guess you know it's like like yeah. a, just a little little run in i think my favorite person that i ever saw in la 
that I freaked out and didn't know what to do. And everyone else was like, who is that? Was Dean Bahar from uh, Basketball. He was Squeak. Oh, nice. And he was a Chota boy in Orgasmo. Like he was basically a Matt Stone and Trey Parker, you know, buddy slash actor. And dude, when I saw him, I was like, my heart sank because he was like, like it was so cool to see him, you know. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I always had a good time when I was out there because, oh, God, what's your name? Um, Dude, I am getting, I'm getting dumber as the days go by. (laughs) Like not no, just like fine. oh my mem not my memory is gone. I'm I'm literally getting worse at knowing stuff. That's so funny. Kate, Kate, she was in Fantastic Four. Kate, Hudson? and she I was no, she was in. Uh, was it the? Oh my god, I can't even think of the sh- name of the show. Kate. Dude, this is bad. Okay, yeah. Kate, let's see. Mara. Mara. Yeah, Kate Mara. Mara. Is yeah. that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. So now that we got there, um, <laughs> we, it was like 2015 and we were in LA and my wife saw like a little bulldog. So she ran up to the bulldog and she goes to the owner and just goes like, oh, can I pet your dog? And then the owner was just like, no, actually, like he's blind and like he literally will like freak out if someone like reaches toward him. I'm so sorry. And then my wife's like, it's okay. And then she like came back to me. And then my wife was like, I think I just like asked to pet Kate Mara's dog by accident. <laughs> and I remember being like, oh, because yeah, I think what, what's that uh, American Horror Story? Is that the name of the show? I think she yeah, was in like, the yeah. first season of that. And oh, was she? Yeah. So yeah, very funny, but. Just little things like that make me happy. You know, it's like no, totally. The fact that the fact that I think some people would use that as like an in to like talk to a celebrity. Like, yeah, can I can I pet your dog? Or if your kids are all in the same place, like have the kids talk to each other. You know, like there's all these like bullshit ways, but to legitimately be like, I want to pet this dog so bad, and then yeah. you look up and realize, you know, who you're talking to. That's so, so I thought sick. that was great. No, that's fun. Um, so your dad kind of got you into music, sort of, you know, he, he showed you blues music and you got into that and then you eventually found punk music and he got yeah. you to pick up a guitar. You wanted to play bass, but he was like, nah, you're going to play guitar. And then he basically told your brother he's going to play drums. And is that how it all happened? Pretty much. Yeah. My, uh, my dad took me to a music shop. He's like, get a guitar. You yeah. know, you can get a bass one day if you decide that's the route you want to take. And then your little brother's got to do something. You want to play drums? He's like, yeah, whatever. Fuck and it. then that's kind of how it went down. Yeah. And, and uh, we were nine formed, and 10. And then he formed Swellers in 2002. Yeah. Which is really weird to think about because when you're younger, you know, years feel like they take way longer. Yeah. Um. So thinking about it now, I was like, God, we started the Swellers five years after we got our instruments and stuff. Like that doesn't make sense in my timeline in my head. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like those years felt like they took an eternity, like mm-hmm. learning how to play guitar for like the first year. And then I think it was like in 2000 that Jono got pretty good at drums mm-hmm. and was like, dude, I'm going to play along to these punk rock records. And uh, then like in 2001, I remember 
he was like, dude, I can play like the fast punk beat. And then, yeah, by 2002, he was just like, are we like doing a punk band now? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it's (laughs) it's crazy how that ended up working out. Yeah. That's so sick. I'm sure you've answered this a million times, but where does the name come from? Uh, It's just something I wrote down in a notebook. You know, kind of like that classic story of just like you wrote down a bunch of stuff. And yeah, I told the guys, I'm like, what about the Swellers? They're like, isn't that a band already? I'm like, no, I looked. (laughs) <laughs> they're like they're like what does it mean and i'm like i don't know but it sounds cool sounds retro <laughs> and then they were like yeah whatever sure and then <laughs> we didn't change it. <laughs> it it played our first show is that put our first little three song ep out yeah or demo demo whatever it was and uh yeah i do regret the band name but it was <laughs> memorable and no yeah. one else had had it so it's like hey that works it's pretty recognizable still to this day i like it yeah um but this was a very diy band from the get-go where did you guys you know first find your first shows to play uh we got to be buddies with a band called south bay bessie when we were in like our little high school band right before the swellers and it was with two guys that you know we were just kind of like my brother and i basically looked at each other and we were like we we just got to do our own thing let's call up nate our old bass player from grand rapids even though he lived two hours away like that's what we know like let's let's form a band so we started the band broke up the old band and then yeah i basically got on aol instant messenger and i was like hey south bay bessie we got a new thing but and it's like a punk band and we're not really doing the 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 stuff that you've seen us do before Mm -hmm. like let us know how to get a show basically and they were like, we have a show coming up on, uh, it might've been like July 9th or 11th, something like that. I don't remember the date, but it was like soon mm-hmm. after we started. And they were like, do you think you'll be ready by then? I'm like, fuck yeah. And we'll have a CD to sell, you know, and we'll have shirts that we can sell. Mm-hmm. So like it all kind of happened really fast and Divot and Crosstide were on that show. Divot was on Nitro Records and Crosstide was on Rise Records. Mm. so it was like cool that it was like a touring package and we got to play and then uh yeah from there it was just kind of like all right let's play literally everywhere we can yeah (laughs) yeah so so going into the studio for beginning of the end again must have been a cool moment did you you feel prepared for the recording process or did you guys learn a lot from this new opportunity you had well that one was really cool because we had done a couple other recordings before that yeah. One one being we did three songs in Nashville with like a family friend. And it was kind of like these 80s metal and country dudes that like I'm very thankful that they gave us the opportunity. Like they paid for it and they were like, We believe in you guys, let's do this. But you know, they didn't quite get the direction that a couple, you know, 14 and 15 year old kids wanted to go in. Yeah. Um and they added, you know, some bells and whistles that we were like, okay, that's weird. And then we recorded with Royce Nunley from the Suicide Machines uh, in Detroit. We did like seven extra songs with him. And we kind of put those two releases together and we were like, all right, like these are cool. And then, yeah, Mark Mahalik, you know, still one of my good friends to this day. He recorded a bunch of our records. He showed me like something he recorded for a band. And I was like, wait this is you like you recorded this yeah like how'd you get the drums to sound like this and he goes so dude it's like my favorite part making the drums sound insane because that's like one thing that like in the early to mid 2000s like 
either you had these big sweet drums or you didn't and like oh, really? the lo- especially if you were a local band uh and especially for a punk band you know when you're doing that the, like with that yeah. double kick no well, my brother never played with a double kick pedal but you know the double kick pattern yeah, yeah. um you need that nice and punchy and loud and in the forefront Mm-hmm. So yeah, we were like, let's record. We I think we did three songs for beginning of the end again. And they were kind of like songs we were just going to post online. And then we recorded four more a few months later. And we were like, well, let's make a seven song EP. Yeah. And uh, we kind of became a four piece band in that process. I think the first three songs, we were a three piece, but we recorded it like we were a four piece. Yeah. And then we became we got the second guitar player and we're like, okay, we're a two guitar band now. And that was awesome. Like I still remember those recording sessions and uh, yeah, really good time. Just basically after school every day, drive up to Flint, hang out in the studio till late, drive home. It's like fuck homework. You know, it's like we we did not care. Yeah. Yeah, Who needs that (laughs) shit anyway? (laughs) Nah, it didn't help me in my life, but (laughs) was there much of a, like a shift in your process with my Everest? Like, like certain things you improved upon as musicians to create an even tighter overall sound. I think we just had more uh, influences that we wanted to check out. Like we were listening to a Wilhelm scream a lot more and like propaganda, um, but also, you know, still loving no use for a name and yeah. things like that. Uh, but yeah, we, we really wanted to stay a fast punk band uh, with that record because we were supposed to sign to nitro records and then they became not a label anymore. And it was like this whole thing. Hot so sauce, we like, right? <laughs> yeah, like quite literally. You know, they uh we went to the warehouse on a tour and like half the warehouse was well, at the first time we went there, it was all records and CDs. And then when we went to the warehouse again, when they were like closing down, it was like half hot sauce, half records. And yeah, it was cool. And like and we met Dexter a few times and he was great. He was really cool and their a and r guy sean was awesome yeah, yeah he was just like yeah we're not really doing it anymore we're like we're not signing more bands and we can't sign you and i was like oh shit mm-hmm. but yeah search and rescue records who did the first ep you know they were like don't let it stop you keep touring let's right. put out my everest and i was like all right and we almost didn't record that record right away because i went on tour with a wilhelm scream yeah yeah in uh what early 2006 so I was kind of just like, you know, I, I thought that was like a big mistake. I'm like, this is going to screw up the swellers and our timeline, but it taught me so much. And I probably became a better player having played with them too. So yeah. Was the, uh, was the search without rescue line and fire away a nod to them? I want to say it was, but I don't really remember. Like, I yeah. feel like I want to, I want to say I don't even remember who wrote that line. I might have even written it. And then I think Jono might have been like, "Eh, search and rescue records. And I was like, fine, sure. Uh, Because, yeah, Jono was always like more of a wordsmith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He he made things make sense and have meaning, even if they didn't. Yeah. Like he would do like the song meanings, like he would write stuff up for different websites. And some songs, you know, they definitely did have meanings. But other songs like... I just wrote word vomit and it, <laughs> and it sounded good and looked good. And then John would just be like, this song is about growing up and not knowing who your true friends are. I'm like, what it is like, cool. Like I, I'm glad it means something. Cause I, dude, I had no clue. Uh, 
but yeah, there's a, there's probably a couple things in there that are little Easter eggs that I never That's thought sick. of. Yeah. yeah. So on the road for nine years must've been grueling, but you guys managed to play just about everywhere and perform alongside so many amazing bands. How could you have possibly prepared yourselves to do like eight to nine months out of the year? Did you ever severely miss home? Uh, it was like a crazy autopilot thing where I told myself anyway, like if you stop, you die. Like yeah. your band will be forgotten. Uh, your fans will stop coming. Uh, and which I kind of realized later is not true at all. I, I wish somebody told us, take a break, take yeah. a year off, take two years off. Like mm -hmm. you don't need to be these crazy tour mongers, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, that's all we knew how to do though, was like play our hearts out, play as many shows as possible. Um, like it's crazy. Um, we recorded with Bill from Black Flag and the Descendants. And yeah, he, he even said at one point, he was like, you guys tour way more than Black Flag. Right. And I was like, I was like, what? Like, no way. There's like whole books about that. And he's like, no, nah. it's like, you guys are doing way more than we did. And I was like, what? So and then I was like, Ugh. yeah. So it, yeah, it was uh one part autopilot, two part like we had a really good work ethic because it was like all we knew how to do and yeah. three part three part probably like mental illness like honestly we were just like just like kind of just in a zone and we were just like, like we can't get out kind of thing but mm -hmm. um but we did it we did it well you know like we we made it happen without getting completely uh insane so yeah. that was good <laughs> yeah have you been able to reconnect with the people that became absent in your life during that time period? Um, what's weird is I kind of, I don't know. That's pretty much in that time period. I want to say in, when I moved to Saginaw in like 2012, mm -hmm. which was quite a bit into it. Um, I like kind of almost made like a whole new group of friends mm -hmm. and I'm still buddies with them to this day. Um, and then the people kind of before that, you know, I kind of realized like I wasn't super close with and I didn't have much in common with them anyway, you know, mm -hmm. they kind of went their own way and I kind of went mine and, yeah. uh, yeah, even high school, there might be like two people that I still like really associate with. And I'll talk to a couple people from high school every now and then, and they're, they're fine. They're nice. But yeah, like it, it's, it's kind of weird. What, what's weird is like the people who I was buddies with on tour or in different cities and different countries from being on tour and completely losing touch with them after we were done touring, <laughs> you know, just like yeah. being like, this is my friend. I'm going to be their friend till the end. And then realizing never going to see him again. Yeah. And that was that, you know, it's very weird. Yeah. That's the. I feel like the human mind is not supposed to have to go through that. You know, we're, we're basically apes, right? Like we're supposed to live right. in these small communities and kind of all help each other out. So it's like when you make a friend who lives in a different country and you're like, Oh my goodness, like, this is so cool. This is so enriching. Yeah. And then like, they're just gone. It's like, Whoa. All right. Like my ape brain thinks that's real weird. <laughs> yeah. Now losing people can be pretty traumatic, especially if you like had a really good connection with them. You know, I still miss yeah. fr friends from when I was younger and I'm just like, damn, like what happened? <laughs>
Yeah. yeah. What's weird too is, you know, there was, I was, I was the worst one in the band. Like I was just the worst one. Uh, I would go to sleep and everybody else would hang out or I would go sleep in the van. Cause like, I just didn't feel like being around people. Yeah. Uh, I would say something horrible and everybody would be like, wow, you're a jerk. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to bed. Uh, so realizing too, like people being friends with the other guys in my band post touring and me losing touch with them and i was like oh yeah like they they only hung out with me because i was in the band and i needed a place to stay you know like we weren't actually friends you know uh so yeah there was a lot of that too which was kind of like oh god like you know but you live and you learn you grow up you realize that it's not the end of the world you just got to make some changes and yeah, then there was a lot of, you know, assholes that you meet on the road too. And it's like, exactly. hey, good, good, good riddance, you know, don't have to talk to you ever again. It's like that band Fireworks, fuck those guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're uh, very fine, nice gentlemen. Yeah, I love them. Uh, so having that fam uh, family dynamic in the band is always super interesting. Would you guys, you know, bicker as a band bandmates or, you know, with that instill instilled sibling ri rivalry? Or, uh, uh yeah, it's, it's hard to think about, but, yeah, like we definitely, I feel like we mostly, my brother and I would bicker. It was mostly about like band related stuff. And like we, we actually kind of coexisted pretty well, even though we were all different people. Yeah. Like yeah. there was two of the guys were partying pretty hard. Two of us were, you know, not drinking at all. Um, but the drinkers and partiers, they would always show up where they were supposed to the next mm -hmm. morning. Uh, you know, there was never a moment. I mean, there was moments at night where we were like, where did they disappear to? Like, this is bad. Yeah. But they always were ready to play the next show. Always were ready to drive when they needed to. Um, so, you know, it was like, we were a pretty well oiled machine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we knew things not to bring up to each other. Um, like we knew not to rip on Jono too much because he was like the baby in the band. We were just like, okay, let's give him a break. And right. But also what was funny is like sometimes like if you said something to Anto, like he wouldn't talk to you for three days and you're like, oh shit, like, you know, I struck a nerve and you're like, I'm sorry, pal. You know, it's like, <laughs> but when you're living together in a van, you know, it's like there is no escape other than silent treatment and minding your own business. But right. Yeah, it's it's weird to think about is so long ago now, but yeah. yeah, I mostly just remember like the the funny stuff. Like we were we were a really funny van. Like we, it was yeah. it, it was great. There wasn't a lot of like dead silence. It was a, there was always something <laughs> being said to the point of it becoming annoying, but then as you funny. know, you know, when something's annoying and then it comes around and it's funny again. And then That's it the keeps best. going and then it's annoying and then it keeps going and you're like, my God. Right. And then it might, it might end on an annoying note, but then, you know, 10 years later you're thinking about it and you're like, ah, oh, that was funny. You know? Right. Yeah, <laughs> was, no, definitely. Yeah. Like I miss Ryan and Anto's like bits that they had with each other. And I was like, so annoyed with them back in the day. Cause I was probably like, oh, I'm not part of that joke. So fuck them. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, like I'm not, I'm not going to laugh at that. <laughs> and like you know now i'm just like god man like they're right we had some good entertainment and <laughs> yeah good people man it was it, it's sad I, I haven't really gotten to see them very much in the past years but yeah yeah 
We're trying to what? figure something out. We're trying to figure out like a little family hangout, you know. <laughs> Do it up. Yeah. So, so you guys did a week of warped in uh 2005 and then again in 2013. So many bands sulk when talking about their experience on warped. Uh what did you guys take away from it? Uh I mean, god, it was uh so 2005 we did the week and that was just crazy you know because we were just like oh my god we're on warp tour oh my god we're playing shows like nobody knew who we were right um we had a couple of people in like bigger bands come talk to us after they saw us you know things like that we were just like this is cool uh we did do 2010 too and then 2010 was actually like really good because we were you know just off the heels of touring with paramore motion city soundtrack so uh, le- less than jake h2o and then it was like now you're on warp tour so a lot of people knew who we were by then the label you know had pushed us a little bit we had a record out so that was really good and then 2013 was more i i think we kind of knew that we were on the outs because like we uh we got out of our contract with fueled by ramen and our crowds were not great some some cities they were awesome other ones it was like it's like not yeah. not wonderful not even um, worth it yeah but yes yeah, so we just hung out with our buds we ate the good food um <laughs> you know we were on a a band a bandwagon they call it i guess yeah. uh instead of a a bus so that was kind of cool i drove that a few times so it was a little bit more grueling you know being in charge of your own transportation um but yeah it was super hard especially for like a smaller band and uh it was yeah, at that point, like playing the set and selling merch was just almost like a, an afterthought. It was mostly just trying to hang out. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of cool bands on 2013. I remember. I have a handful more questions. Then we got the speed round. You actually just answered a bunch of them. So that's awesome. Oh, um, cool. Right on. So how important is album artwork to you? I, honestly, to me, it's not important at all. Okay. Um, yeah i i i i'm if i if i put out a record yeah sure i'll i'll want it to i want i want to like it yeah 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 (laughs) but that's about it um like if it looks really dumb to me of course i'm gonna be like no i don't want that to be the album artwork yeah (laughs) um but yeah some like i was always like i think i think it was that ups and downsizing record where i had the idea for the abandoned uh theme park kind of vibe yeah yeah and then we kind of sent that to like the it was like the fueled by ramen atlantic warner music group art department Mm -hmm. and they basically churned that out and i was like oh that's really cool yeah that's my vision but like literally after that record i stopped caring about like the the artistic direction of the band completely i was like only song oriented and then my brother really picked up the slack so like the good for me album cover and then light under closed doors you know they were all him and i was just like yeah dude whatever whatever you dig like i trust you and then my band the apology tour i mean we did a record and it's like our three faces kind of combined and i was just like (laughs) that's weird sure yeah let's go like i was like (laughs) i don't care man um so yeah i'd rather i'd rather like the album artwork but it's uh I think I overthink it. That's yeah, the problem. Yeah. So I'd rather just be like, yeah, 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 do whatever. And then, uh, yeah, 
Well, well, some of your best albums had simple photographs that somehow, you know, said so much about the feel of the record. You know, do you think that also transcends to album sales when you have a relatable cover that catches the eye? I think maybe back in the day it did for sure. Like, I don't, I don't know anymore about how many people like see the album art. It seems like now with artists, it's like they see like the 60 second music video clip. They don't really see the thing about the album art as much. Uh, yeah it, it, things have changed so much they really have so it's hard to say but yeah, back in the day i mean album art was a huge it was a big deal selling point yeah like yeah. when you see it was, it was your your poster in the record store it's like when you saw that you were just like oh i'm gonna flip this over and see like what's on the back and what kind of music this is even if you didn't know the band yeah um but yeah i uh yeah, it it, it kind of sucks. Yeah, I don't have any opinion on it anymore. Yeah, because I'm just I'm all sound based these days. <laughs> That's a good way to be though, honestly. Um, yeah, I'll let somebody else take care of it that I trust. And yeah, yeah, because I honestly like even doing like all the pedal artwork and logo stuff. I I know what I want, and then yeah. I will trust somebody else a lot more because like when they put their spin on it, I'm just like, oh hell yeah. Yeah. Like uh been working on like a headstock logo design for the guitars that we're gonna start building. Yeah, yeah. And that's been tough. Like a headstock shape is always tough to figure out, let totally. alone what the logo is gonna be on it. So yeah, we got like a new little logo that we just actually like solidified this week. That's uh, we ha- we had something that we kind of announced a couple months ago and then I kind of changed my mind. <laughs> we kind of went, we, we took it in a new direction. So yeah, again, like you can't let me sit with it for too long or I'll freak out. So, so just for shits and giggles, who's the kid on the good for me cover? I think it's uh someone related to Mitch Wojcik. Okay. And Mitch did a lot of like music video stuff and photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like his nephew or cousin or something like that. But yeah, nobody, uh, not like one of us. Oh, we've yeah. told people that it was like one of us when we were a kid and they were like, oh, that's cool. And we're like, nah. Like, and then the, uh, the local theme park, was that your local theme park? I think that theme park was uh, a concoction of a bunch of different pieces of an abandoned theme park. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it was like a couple different photos almost combined to make that artwork. I'm trying to figure out, uh, I think my brother would probably remember, but I want to say, I want to say that that park might've been somewhere in like on the East coast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very, it was kind of like the most ominous, intense looking, uh, abandoned structures that you, you could find. So yeah. Yeah. I just had a lot of fun reading the, uh, like the history of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And it was just very much like nostalgic, but also like, God, like people used to have so much fun here and now mm-hmm. it's like, and now it's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, you guys ended the band on such a great note with uh, the final record and obviously those final shows at chain reaction in the U S and grows rock. Like how, oh, yeah. how was, how was the energy at those last shows? Oh, it was awesome. Um, the crowd was awesome. And, we were all in a really good mood because we didn't have any pressure anymore. We knew like we didn't have to worry about getting bigger or if the crowds were going to be big, like 
it was just straight for the first time for me it was just fun yeah um which is very sad <laughs> you know it's like it's it's bittersweet uh totally. also playing your last show and being like oh like that was it and now i'm gonna go home and ne like never do that again and the weird thing is i think there was the we kind of had an expectation like i oh, will be back sooner than later yeah like i really think that in my head i thought so anyway mm -hmm. um but yeah i think it's uh it was a good place to end mm -hmm. and everything went really well and at least the music's still there you know? yeah. so that's cool it's not like they took down the music and it's like bring back the band it's like no like everything we did is still around <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you guys had so many great like releases. Everything was great. I mean, I don't, oh, I don't think thanks. there's a, there's a weak one in there. Even even thanks. that EP it, towards the end was fantastic. Yeah, that was our that was our goal. Try not to do anything too sucky. Right. And yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's pretty wild. Like listening back to some of that stuff, I like completely forgot some of those songs existed. And right, like I can remember pretty much how to play everything on guitar. But since I'm not a lyric person, like it is just it's gone. Yeah, completely <laughs> out the other ear. Like, I mean, even when we were touring, I would have to look up our own lyrics online and they were they were usually completely wrong. You know, there'd be entire lines that were wrong. And I was like, oh, boy, that's not going to help me any. Oh, but, I hate when that happens when you go on like Genius or something or, or on Spotify and the lyrics are totally wrong. I hate that. Yeah. And it happened to me today. No, <laughs> oh, bummer. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I need to I really need to like study words or, yeah. or maybe just practice. Practice would probably help. Like yeah. if I'm being honest. We never practiced as a band. Really? We just kind of were, yeah, we were just like, you know the songs, right? Same as on the record. And then we're like, Yeah. And then first show would be like, all right, second show would be all right. And then by the third show, we'd be like, Oh, dude, we're we're set. We got this. <laughs> never, never go to the first Sweller show. <laughs> yeah, no, the first first one would be actually the first one would we we'd cover up the first one with a lot of energy. Yeah, and then the second show we'd be like sore from the first show and like our voices were hurt. And then so the first show was probably good. Second show was like <laughs> we we hurt ourselves. And then the third show is like all right, I think we I think we're we figured out a happy medium here. Yeah, pick it back up. <laughs> yeah. So I know you guys are planning on re-releasing some of the records on vinyl because um, some of them are going for astronomical prices on the internet. But yeah, there's some kind of contract issues you're dealing with. Has any like positive light been shed on that? Well, it's pretty much uh, very standard. Um, yeah. You know, we don't we don't own the the rights to the masters of the records that we did on the fueled by ramen label mm. but there is a way to and i, I think know. it's like i think it's like with their permission and they get a percentage yeah we can repress the records um so yeah smart punk did my everest and i think they're talking to fueled by ramen about doing the uh oh, sorry uh the other records which would be cool. You know, it's like, I'd rather have somebody get our record for 20 or 30 bucks instead of two or 300. Yeah, totally. Um, which is weird. Even records being like 20 or 30 bucks. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in my mind, they should be $14. Right. Totally. <laughs> but, yeah. But things have changed, apparently. You know, it's like, yeah, it, it's been 20 years. You know, cost of things does go up. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, I, I'd love to make a little bit of money on the side doing absolutely nothing. That's great. But that's also, <laughs> I want people to be happy. You know, that's that's my number one thing. You know, it's like, even if I didn't make any money repressing a record at all, just knowing that people were stoked to get something that I did, like yeah. at this point in my life, that's awesome. And you almost became a professional record or a professional record, professional wrestler for a little bit. Oh, How yeah. Go? How was that uh, little short stint? It went pretty badly. Um, <laughs> I, well, I kind of just really fell in love with professional wrestling. Yeah. And then I started hanging out with professional wrestlers. Um, there was like some local guys that were like, I'm a wrestler. And I was like, are you though? Okay. Like you look like a wrestler, sure. And they're like, come see one of our shows at you know the VFW Hall or wherever. <laughs> and I went, and I was just like, God damn, this is awesome! Like they're they're doing the punk rock thing that we did, but with professional wrestling. <laughs> and I mean, they were they were playing to thirty people, you know, like right. wrestling, probably gonna break their spines for thirty people. And I was like, dude, that's amazing. That's commendable. And then now, God, those same two dudes, uh, uh, one of the guys is Rohit Raju and he does some like AEW, like dark matches. And he was on impact for a long time. And then Jake something is the other guy. And he's like in the same boat, you know, just doing like a lot of the AEW stuff and Hell yeah. a lot of stuff on TV. So it's crazy. You know, it's like these two just dudes that we worked out with at the gym yeah uh and they're still doing it like 10 years later and on a way bigger scale but yeah you know 2014 i told myself well cool i want to be like them i'm gonna learn how to wrestle yeah i love the showmanship i love the everything about it um went to wrestling school for like a month and a half and then we had to go on tour and I was like, well, I will be back, you know, for the next class mm -hmm. to finish all this up. And I just decided not to go back. Um, I wasn't in love with the uh, the physicality of it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't good at it. You know, I just wasn't, I guess I wasn't prepared for the mental and physical toll that actually wrestling a match took. Oh, yeah definitely and uh <clears throat> so yeah i got a lot more respect out of it for the business and for what people do but mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of realized like i can stay a fan i don't have to do everything that i like right um, i don't i don't have to become a professional wrestler just because i like watching you know wwe um we still got a taste of it at least you know yes and it was good i'm glad that i did otherwise i might regret that i didn't a little bit but it was also like i just got married and my wife was like really are you doing this and i'm just like ah, you know it's like i had already i'm already gone eight months nine months out of the year and now i'm going to be gone on weekends when i'm home like doing random wrestling gigs and eh. it all just kind of came to a head and sounds like a lot uh, of yeah i was like i can't do this anymore like i kind of had delusions of grandeur honestly yeah i was just like cool I'm the front man of this band. You know, we tour the world. Uh, 
there's some pro wrestlers in the WWE that like my band, so people know who I am. That's sick. Cool. I'll be a pro wrestler now. And it's like, dude, that's not the thought process. That's not how it goes. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it, yeah, it was a weird time in my life. Glad I tried it. Um, but yeah, just I, I, I like being home. <laughs> well, what was your wrestler name? Like Dean or Danger? Oh no, they they kind of told you like when you're training, they were like, "Don't work on a gimmick. Don't give <laughs> yourself a name." They were like, "It's almost like the, that's a weird thing about wrestling. It's it's so old school. <laughs> There's all this stuff about like respect and." like little rules that they have and a lot of it makes sense but yeah it was kind of just like don't get into character when you're learning how to wrestle like don't like learn how to do it first then figure out all that stuff but right yeah they did tell me uh you know they were like obviously they inflate stats and things they're like how tall are you i'm like six two they're like all right so you'll be six four in your wrestling boots and then when we bill you and we we tell you when you're coming down the ring, we're going to say you're 6'8". Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ, that's cool, actually. <laughs> you know, because and, and what's funny is, you know, it's like at that time I was I was pretty jacked. You know, I was pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, being 6'2". So I kind of was a force to be reckoned with. You know, I looked like a guy who would be at wrestling school. Right, right. But like everybody else who was in my class, they kind of look like they got, you know, they were straight out of like AYSO soccer camp. Like they were just <laughs> kind of like skinny guys wearing like umbro shorts and yeah, you know, like you know, not not the broadest of shoulders and but they loved it and they yeah. were they, dude, they were way better than I was, mm -hmm. but. I looked the part like a million percent more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I realized that's kind of what it was though. I just, I looked the part, you know, I, I'm not graceful. I'm not acrobatic. I can't remember steps, you know, dance moves basically is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the choreography, I was just like, my brain just can't handle that. It's a lot. Not to go on another Andy Williams tangent, but I will say I don't really watch wrestling, but when I've thrown on like AEW a few times, I will not lie that that stomp that he does at like the start where he like enters the stage is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Sometimes you got to do something. And like when you, so when, well, when I was a kid, there was so many wrestlers that, you know, they're heels, they're bad guys. Yeah. And they would come out wearing like a pink Speedo. And they would just be all oiled up and like have a rose in their mouth. And I remember being a kid, like screaming, being like, why are you like this? Nobody is going to like you. Like, do you really think that what you're doing is going to get people to like you? I hate this guy. <laughs> and then you got to you realize like they're doing their job. Like right. that they, they are supposed to be hated. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of cool. And like, yeah, sometimes even like wrestlers that I know in real life, like they'll go out in public, like wearing something real weird. It's like they almost make the gimmick part of their life. It's like it kind of it's almost just like uh, whatever you call it, you know, when you're. Uh, uh, I can't even think of the word. It's late. Um, but like, yeah, when you're like 
when when you're in a movie and you are that character you know you become that character even in like your real life for like three months yeah yeah that's kind of a some people like they bring it home with them and it's kind of cool i love that mm-hmm. i i kind of love the old school you know they call it like kayfabe yeah which is like just pretending like it's a hundred percent real and like if you hate this guy in the ring you wouldn't be caught dead near them in real life either exactly yeah. you know if some if someone at the saw you at the bar you know with that guy it's like your whole shtick is over yeah so that stuff was real fun and you know with social media they kind of had to get rid of a lot of that because you can kind of get an inside look at people's lives but but yeah doing like a wild stomp or you know something like that <laughs> just sometimes you just gotta have a move that is recognizable like even yeah. if it's like super over the top it's uh it's <laughs> so ridiculous it's all part of it yeah, it's very cool that he got into wrestling because i knew he was like super into it and like wanted to train and like was yeah. lifting heavy weights and everything so for him to actually make it to the big stage i was like god damn dude good for you now it's sick they're blown up um, yeah so we've reached the end of the road this is the uh the final speed round i ask a bunch of bullshit questions and you give me your best answer sweet sounds good to me what's your favorite sweller song uh honestly best i ever had yeah of course yeah it, it it made the most people happy and i actually liked the song so i was like oh that's yeah. cool yeah it's it's fantastic honestly whenever oh, that thanks. one comes on it's like you just don't turn it <laughs> off it's one of those songs no oh, that's cool man thanks what's the uh grossest place you ever slept uh it was in west philadelphia and we had just driven across the entire country and it was like 3 a.m and we had to be out of there at like 7 a.m but i just remember laying on the ground and being like there is something dead in this room yeah like <laughs> like literally like a dead dog or something and there was so much dog hair on the ground but and there was like literally a rotten putrid smell <laughs> and then our tour manager was sleeping in the van and he ran inside and he came and got me and he goes we got to get out of here there was like some kids on our trailer about to tag it yeah and then i freaked them out and they ran they're like we just got to get out of here and i'm like thank fucking god like (laughs) it was literally like we were in some like dumpster like and we've we've been in some nasty places but i'll never forget yep i think it was 2009 um it was rough it was a rough one <laughs> yeah that's probably why you named that song that title <laughs> which one rough one no no, no 2000, 2009. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we didn't we didn't have a song called rough one but <laughs> no it could be hell yeah uh grape jelly or strawberry jelly and is jelly vegan i don't oh. know uh yeah i think most of them are i think there's yeah. some that have gelatin in them mm. but uh i got strawberry at my house right now so i'm gonna go with that Okay. But honestly, if I had to pick, I'd probably go grape. Yeah. Uh, and I might go with like a jam. Like I kind of want some like seeds. Right. You know, I, wa- I want some kind of texture in it. Yeah. I want to get fancy with my toast, you know. <laughs> uh, what's a hobby people don't know you're into? Oh, God. Yeah. The, pr- honestly, probably like I would say video games. Like yeah. I know that's not much of like a hobby, yeah. but it's like kind of the only thing that I do outside of music where I'm like, this is a thing that I'm going to do. Um, I would say like, you know, go into the gym and CrossFit and stuff. But like, I think a lot of people kind of knew that about me from the past. But yeah, I'm like a gamer now. Wow, I didn't know that. 
That's interesting. Yeah, and I, and I don't like play online or anything or play with people, but <laughs> yeah, if it, if it has anything to do with like Resident Evil or like Zelda, like sign me up. Hell yeah. And yeah, I've been playing Elden Ring a lot. Uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of a thing that I'm, I'm embracing that I actually am a nerd. Like I do, I play video games about like princesses and castles and dragons and shit and I don't care. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of like the the old Mario games on like N64. But I will say, oh, yeah. back in like middle school, I would like fly home from school and take my frustration out on uh, what's it called, Grand Theft Auto. Oh and yeah, dude. I just steal people's cars and kill people. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, we had an Xbox, and then when we found out about what was it, Grand Theft Auto Three was that first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like real. That was really gnarly. And yeah, we uh, we traded in the Xbox for a PS2. Just to get Grand Theft Auto, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I play like I would. I play like one game a year, maybe. But when I do, I get super hooked. And like that, The Last of Us and The Last of Us Two were like my big ones last year. Yeah, I hear that's or, great. Or actually, two years ago, but ooh, yeah. I'm so and out of the loop get, on those new games. Now, yeah, now they got the show. Yeah, the, and the show's been great too. So I just missed that episode tonight, but that's how life works when you have kids they take over right the, the tv and all your time yeah <laughs> i think my, my favorite ps2 game ever is tony hawk's pro skater 3 nice i don't even know if i got to three oh, i think man. i played it a couple times but i was one and two and then i think that was like the year where i got so busy with music that yeah. i was like i didn't play video games until like the nintendo wii came out wow. and then i was like yeah there, there was a time there, like I stopped watching like TV and playing video games because like the band was just so yeah taking over. Yeah, it was just like the Office DVDs. That's like all we had in the van. So <laughs> we watched season two over and over again. Oh yeah, I bet those those early seasons are great. Um, yes. All right, let's see something you got detention for in high school. Ooh, you know what? I never got in trouble in high school. Not not even once. Um which is weird, weird to think about. Um, there was always, like, that's the thing. I was always with other kids that got in trouble. Mm -hmm. um, so I could say one kid, his name was Tyler. And I won't say his full name, but his full name was spray painted ac across the entire like front entrance of the school at the top. What? And it said like his name is, uh, and then some horrible word i actually don't know what i don't remember what word it is i'm not even just trying to like censor myself yeah yeah but it was like it was like a gnarly thing and he was such a weird guy that he was just like laughing about it he goes that's hilarious and i'm like <laughs> that's and i was like that is weird too because like he has no enemies like that i could think of yeah he probably did that himself <laughs> yeah and that's what they they said we think that you went up there and did that and they like pulled him down to the office and it was like this big thing and uh yeah then this one other guy <laughs> I don't want to say his name either, but yeah, he did a bomb threat and classic. He also used to just always like poop on stuff. <laughs> like literally would like, and it was mostly not at school, but yeah, he would like poop in someone's microwave, like at their party, press six, six, <laughs> six, the and then like <laughs> turn it on and then leave. So like, there'd be like six minutes of boiling shit in someone's microwave. That's fucked. But yeah, in high school, yeah, he, 
he did a bomb threat and he wouldn't admit to it, but he would just smile weird. And they were like, yeah. we're going to take, they were like, we're going to take that as a yes. And he's like, whatever. I got, I so, got a funny tie in to that, that Sweller's acoustic performance. My old oh, neighbor, yeah. my old neighbor went to that with me when we were, when I was five, he talked me into pan, or mooning my bus driver when I was five. Cause he was on my school Ooh, bus. That's yeah. a big move. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's weird to think I, I, in school, I just never got in trouble. I wasn't like a goody two shoes or anything. Like even when I was younger, yeah. Um, I I got I, I remember getting in big trouble in like first grade. I was kind <laughs> of an asshole. Yeah, I got actually I got a a note written home, basically saying that it was like the a hundredth day of school, which is actually very funny because tomorrow is my son's a hundredth day of kindergarten. Oh, ding nice. ding ding. But uh. Yeah, it was the hundredth day of school and we all got like cookies to decorate and all I did was like smash mine. <laughs> and then my teacher was just like, That's enough. Like, I'm writing your name on the board, take this home to your parents. Get out. And like and I guess the note said that I like smashed a bunch of cookies and made fun of a student's speech impediment. <laughs> which I didn't. What? That's crazy. Like, I literally was framed. To the point where I was like, I don't even know which kid in this class has a speech impediment. Like right. I was, so I was very confused. But yeah, I feel like I was wrongly accused by a lot of stuff. They <laughs> I, in first, there's a kid that I'm still buds with actually, which is really weird. I like met up with him years later in life, and uh, he's actually actually this guy in my first grade class. He's a, a pro wrestler now. Yeah, um, and he won't mind me saying this, but he his finisher move is uh, the Chicago bear hug and his name is Steve Michaels. Nice. And he won't mind me saying this, but like, I, and I don't even think he remembers, but I got pulled aside. What I know now is the teachers were saying that I said something racist to him <laughs> because he's a, a black guy. And I remember just being like, what? literally first grader just being like, you need to walk me through why I'm in trouble. Like, yeah, I, I yell at Steve all the time. He yells at me. We play at recess. Like they pulled me out. And I remember, like, I still remember the teachers like looking at each other being like, 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 how do we deal with this situation? And I'm like, I don't know why you're mad at me, <laughs> what I could have done. And to this yeah. day, I remember the situation and I, and they wouldn't tell me what it was or, and I was so confused as a kid, but yeah, sorry, Steve. I'm sorry that I was racist to you when I was in first grade. <laughs> That's so whack. <laughs> Still no idea, but Hey man, who knows? He could kick my ass nowadays. He's like super tall and a pro wrestler. So if That's he wants to sick. get back at me, you know, name the time and the place. Yeah, come at me, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm down. I'll fake fight you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the uh, best restaurant in Michigan? Ooh. The one that I've been digging lately is uh Pie Sci, okay. which is uh like pie science, you know. Um they have a million really cool pizza pies with like different crazy ingredients and names, like stuff you wouldn't think, you know, would go on a pizza. Yeah. And they can make everything vegan or vegetarian. And it's not just like, a, oh, we're removing the cheese. It's like they have a substitution for everything. Like they could pretty much make every pizza however you would want to order it. 
so that is a really cool thing you know yeah, so it's like sure. if a bunch of people go get pizza it's just like you can get your chicken and cheese buffalo whatever and i can get my you know completely vegan version of that that's equally that's cool. bad for me you know yeah so yeah love paisai um i've only been there a few times but it's really far away from me so it's mm. a it's it's in detroit but it's a it's like a delicacy you know it's like i get really excited when i think about it and see their menu and stuff <laughs> what's your uh what's your most haunted venue you ever played uh probably the rave in milwaukee um <laughs> and it's because it was like actually said to be haunted and they said there was like a an abandoned pool like in like the basement or something and they were like yeah there's ghosts down there and all that but what's creepier is like across the street to the right is the ambassador hotel where Dahmer killed a guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then like two blocks over is like, I think maybe his apartment where his apartment building was mm -hmm. or his grandma where she lived or something. Yeah. Just kind of like a very spooky venue plus the proximity to like the, you know, the Dahmer murders. It's always very, uh, it was a little sketchy. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And like at the time, we didn't know exactly where some of that stuff was. But with that recent Dahmer series that came out, you know, I was like Google Mapsing that venue <laughs> and then some of his locations, you know, and I was like, whoa, we were like right there. That's creepy. Yeah. So that place was a uh, pretty, pretty scary. Have you ever been absolutely annihilated in a mosh pit? <laughs> uh, the worst thing that's ever happened to me in a mosh pit was I was watching Rise Against in 2003 and it was like 11 45 a.m on warp tour nice and it was like 30 people watching them and they're about to bust into a song the fast part and i jumped to the side and i'm like cool i'm gonna start this thing and just everybody moved out of the way and i rolled my ankle i just oh. rolled my right ankle like the worst way you could do it you know just like completely sideways foot all your weight onto it and yeah, my wow. ankle hurt for about a year. Like Holy it was like a, a year of ankle pain. Uh, pretty rough. That sucks. Yeah. So uh, that was a bummer. Um, but the Swellers did play that year, you know, on the Battle of the Band stage. And yeah, I watched a bunch of bands. I watched like Andrew WK, Bad Religion, like whoever else was on it. Walked around all day and I felt fine. And then on the ride home, my ankle swelled up like crazy. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it was brutal, but that's the worst thing probably. I never I never messed around in uh pits too much after that. What's your uh what's your favorite movie? Ooh, I'm gonna say that thing you do. I knew it. Yeah. I, I usually would say a Christmas story, but I feel like that's uh, I, I might have to relegate that to a seasonal favorite. Mm -hmm. Um like that's like a that's a very specific time that I want to watch that. But yeah. That thing you do, I think it's got to be absolutely number one for me. Isn't that where you got Wonder from? It is. It's Hell where yes. I got Oneater effects. Oneater. <laughs> yeah, it gives me a lot of grief, you know, people not being able to get it. Um, yeah. But that's part of the joke. You know, it's like, it looks like Oneater. It's pronounced Wonder. Yeah. It came from the movie. It's a whole thing. <laughs> the other day, Chris from Less Than Jake actually called me and was like, I haven't thought. 
about like your your company name like have you ever considered that it's like kind of confusing and maybe but and i was like oh but yeah that, that's like part of it <laughs> like <laughs> that's i'm like that's the whole thing um but yeah it, it was funny you know because he's he was concerned about the branding i'm like oh dude it's been like this for a long time i yeah. think i think people who don't know will know eventually and the people who know they're like we get it yeah and, and some people still call it oneater effects or something even far worse like the pronunciation has been terrible yeah uh, <laughs> that's what makes different it fun. people yeah yeah and people talk about it you know like a couple big like pedal personalities i guess you can call them there's a guy who owns a pedal company and then like a big youtuber yeah they were talking about me on a podcast and they couldn't pronounce it and that made them talk about me for like an extra 60 seconds you know so i was like sweet like hell yeah <laughs> that's know, what's get, up. Get, a, get a little extra love in there <laughs> what's the uh what's the last item you threw at someone <laughs> uh a giant orange bouncy ball um tonight i threw it at my son's face um <laughs> by accident uh we were playing and I was trying to throw this is bigger than a basketball, very soft. Like it doesn't actually hurt on impact, but it did hurt him because <laughs> I missed the wall that I was trying to hit behind him and it hit him directly in the face. And nice. then the recoil, he then smashed his head into the wall. What? Uh, and then he, you know, was upset, looked at me real sad. Yeah. So I was like, I got to figure out how to fix this because we're having fun. So I told him, okay, bud. I'm going to throw this ball at my face as hard as I can for you. <laughs> and then he was like, what? And then, so yeah, I chucked the ball at my own face and acted like I got like totally wiped out. He laughed, <laughs> he laughed so hard and it made it okay. And then we kept playing. So that's sick. Yeah. The last thing I threw at somebody, <laughs> it's like, it was like two hours ago. What's uh, what's a line in a song or a riff you made where you had a holy fuck, look at me moment. Oh, where, that I made. Yeah. Like something, oh man. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, as far as words, I, I never remember words or care about them, but I do remember, you know, writing best I ever had yeah. in my basement and kind of like almost writing the words with the melody as I went, yeah. kind of mouthing some gibberish, but sort of like it coming together. And then going like into the pre-chorus and then kind of like getting the whole structure almost in one sitting and being like, that's cool. Like, and not like, a, oh, I wrote an awesome song, but just like a, that's cool that that all came to me in like one sitting. Mm -hmm. And eventually, you know, uh, that song didn't really have a chorus until we were in the studio and Bill, Bill Stevenson was like, that this is the catchiest song on the record and it doesn't have a chorus, but if you have a chorus, it's going to be like a big song. And I was like, okay. And he goes, write a chorus. doesn't have to be too different or too long. And like, see what, see what happens. He's like, you know what chord to go to, you know, you know how to make it. And I was like, all right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I wrote the chorus in the studio and the band was just like, oh shit. Like, yeah, we were missing that. Uh, you know, glad we got that suggestion. I already got a couple left. Have you ever gotten hurt while performing? Uh, one time in California, I felt something that 
the only way I can explain it is that someone had a slingshot and shot a BB between my eyes. <laughs> At first, I was like a blood vessel popped yeah. and like, ow. But then later, I was just like, no, like someone had to have launched a projectile at me. <laughs> and of course, I just kind of and it wasn't very big. So it wasn't like a big blunt thing. It was like a sting, like a BB. So like literally someone either shot me with a BB gun from like the rafters or, you know, just I, I don't know. But I, I remember just being like that was super painful. And I'm not going to mention it. And I never said anything about it until after the set to the band. I was like, I got like shot by That's something. <laughs> um, but other than that, you know, you know, just people running into my face with the microphone stand, things like that. But yeah, yeah, never really lost too much of my teeth. Just like had to shave down uh, the bottoms of my teeth before I got married to even them all out. You know, yeah. just like the... <laughs> It's a horrible feeling, even when you get like the tiniest little bit of tooth that comes off. It's like yeah. swishes around in your mouth. It almost feels like Altoids. Yeah. Like just little bits of mints, and you're like, oh, that's teeth. That Gross. Yeah, I had to yeah. get a tooth bonded once. But yeah, it was it was chipped from like when I was like a kid. I don't even know what chipped it. But <laughs> oh, it's a bummer. Maybe so when you mooned the bus driver. Yeah, he probably just beat my ass. I just don't remember. Could have been a big old fight. Uh, what's your uh, favorite Swellers record? Oh, actually, I want to say um, uh, the Running Out of Places to Go EP. Mm -hmm. And I think if I, if I could pick an EP, um, and I think because it was like such a cool like little transition bridge from like leaving our label and yeah. then like we recorded a lot of that ourselves. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, as far as full length, um, I might have to go with ups and downsizing just because mm -hmm. that record covers a lot of ground sonically. Yeah. And the recording process was really cool. And we started recording that before we even signed to Fuel by Ramen. Mm -hmm. You know, we were like, we kind of, they were interested in us. Yeah. And I said, hey, not to freak you out, but we're going to go make our record anyway. Mm -hmm. Just because like we booked time and we want to do it. Yeah. And then that kind of lit a fire under all of our butts yeah and uh yeah and that record did a lot for us so yeah, yeah the way I, yeah i'm kind of lame where i'm like what's the best song oh best i ever had because it was a great time for us and then it's like what's the best record oh this one because yeah <laughs> it was a great time for us you know it's like <coughs> no yeah, that's great hard. great answers i love that record too that's probably my favorite too honestly no thank you that's cool yeah um all right scariest movie you've ever seen Oh, yeah, it's, you know, there's so many different types of scary, but the one that I could think of that had the most profound effect on me was uh, Martyrs. Okay. That one from... Uh, Still got to see that. I don't even know where it was made. in The European one, not the uh, yeah American one. But yeah, I watched that with uh, the band Heart Sounds. Okay. And we were working on their record in San Francisco. And I was going to get driven to the airport at like 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. by them. So they were like, let's watch this movie. It'll fuck you up. And I'm like, okay. Watched the movie, stayed up real late. They took me to the airport, got on the plane to fly back to Michigan. 
and I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about that movie. Like just thinking like, oh my God, like what did I just watch? Like <laughs> what it what is life? And yeah, it was just kind of a and then I like fell asleep once I got home and then like woke up at night. And I was like still thinking about the movie. It was like a several day like processing thing. Totally. Um, and honestly, like I've gotten really soft over the years. Like a lot of my favorite movies, like I can't really watch anymore because I'm just like, I don't need to subject myself to that. Like I don't yeah. need to see anything with like a little kid getting hurt or dying. Right. Uh, I, I don't need to see like insane, like gratuitous violence. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I can handle it, whatever. But if I can watch that thing you do instead, I'm going to. So yeah. I don't I don't know if I'll ever watch Martyrs again. Like, <laughs> and, and I, I want to because it's been a really long time. But yeah, I think you'll really dig. I think you'll really dig it. Like it's a very, it it's it was kind of a, it was a pretty big game changer. I'm surprised people don't talk about it more, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as far as like scariest though, I mean, probably like I, you know, simple answer would be the exorcist because i watched that when i was really young and just the idea of demonic possession and so the fact that the fact that it this was in the 70s and they did some of the stuff they did Mm -hmm. and also just the stories about people seeing that movie in the theater yeah like people literally like being taken to the hospital because they were like couldn't handle seeing that because it had never been done like i love that i love like the lore behind the release totally then there's all this like cursed stuff you know like people were dying on set and after the movie came out like mysteriously it's like creepy stuff that's wild what's what's the best wilhelm scream song oh man i almost want to say uh the king is dead off of ruiner the first track Mm -hmm. just because ruiner was probably like my favorite one by them just because it was like that that place in time like i got to listen to the record before it came out you know and i was like in their van when they were playing in detroit mm-hmm. and then i got to tour in the band playing bass on that album cycle you know so it was like mostly songs from that record and it, yeah so yeah that was kind of like a huge a huge time for me as a person plus you know the songs were great so yeah when that uh when that song would kick in, I'd always be like, oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> What's your most embarrassing moment? Oh, God, there's so many of them. There's unreal amounts of embarrassment <laughs> in my life. But um, I want to say, like, it was when we were on, like, the, the Paramore tour. And it was, like, our last show. It was, like, in Detroit, uh, L.A., Okay. And like their crew, the Paramore crew, like the sound guys and stuff were like playing pranks on us during our set. Mm-hmm. But instead of doing it for like one song, they did it for like the whole set, like piping in like weird sounds through the monitors and like it, it screwed up our whole set. It really did. Oh, and like man. it was and it was actually uncool. And I remember just, you know, being embarrassed. Yeah. But I also said something into the microphone that I think could have gotten them in really big trouble. Uh And then they all started panicking and they were like, Oh fuck, fuck. I can't believe he said that. And I think what I, and I think what I said was just like, 
thanks so much LA, but no thanks to like Paramore's like stoner crew or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think they had like a no drug policy or, you know, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, they were all just like, everybody after was like, Oh God, like you called them stoners. And like they, they're now they're afraid they're going to get fired. And yeah. I was like, good. Fuck, fuck them. them. Yeah. <laughs> but That's like, a, but a couple of them had nothing to do with it. And they were like, obviously very scared. And I was like, God, that that, that does kind of suck. I wish I handled that better. But that's amazing. We like made up with those crew guys that were upset like yeah. a year later when we toured again or two yeah, years yeah. later. But yeah, I think about that from time to time. And I'm like, God, that was a bummer. But all right. Final two. Biggest regret. Uh, My biggest regret again kind of like embarrassments there's so many um i i kind of wish that we took a break yeah in in the swellers um but yeah i think just uh there's nothing that i really had control over that i could think of that i would go back and change you know mm-hmm. like if i really wanted to get rid of those dark spots in my mind and in my history, I would have just never gone on tour. Um, but you know, we did. So I think, yeah, the only regret would just be like, if we, we might've gotten another year out of us mm-hmm. if we would have taken a break or something like that. But yeah, I don't think that there's any real particular regret. Like there's a lot of things that I hated that happened like a lot of things yeah but yeah i can't pick just one thing that would change at all you know so it's like mm-hmm. i wouldn't be where i am today without all that bullshit right yeah <laughs> right what, what are you most proud of uh i think just uh getting my family together and keeping my family you know just i'm like somebody who was always really hard on myself like i think if i was alone if i was myself if i was just like a bachelor like i don't even know if i would be here still like if i'm being honest like yeah yeah there was nothing to really like i don't know just don't care Mm -hmm. but yeah having like my wife and my kids it's just like i have a reason to care yeah dude it's and it's so cool and it like and you know it's not just like i'm just here for them you know it's like Mm it makes me love who I am yeah. for like the first time in my life. You know, I think I always came off as a pretty happy, confident person, you know, being on stage and just kind of how I carry myself. But yeah, it's like, I kind of didn't really realize what mattered until I, uh, you know, kind of hunkered down doing this family thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just super happy that, uh, that that's all working out and just only got a matter of time before my kids start to hate me, you know, and I embarrass them. All I'm right. already, I'm already doing that. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, it's a process. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I guess as far as being proud of things too, you know, just, I, I guess the fact that I'm carving out my own way and my own career, mm-hmm. um, and I, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself, but it's, I, a lot of it was luck, you know, mm-hmm. like 
never would have thought in a million years I would even make a single pedal. Right. Let alone have a company that sells pedals regularly and, you know, continues to develop and design them. Mm-hmm. That's just, uh, and that's, you know, I realized that's like what I was happiest doing. Uh, even in the band days was like talking about gear and buying new stuff and trying new pedals and guitars and mm-hmm. talking to other bands about what they were playing. Anything involving the actual technical gear was such a cool highlight for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always was like, dude, maybe I could be an A&R guy for a company down the road or something like that. But now I am an A&R guy for a company, but I'm also the marketing guy and the the builder <laughs> and the designer and uh, the accountant, you know, so. The guy of all it, trades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's only because I have to be. So. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, where can your fans find you? Uh, Wonder Effects oh, is yeah. uh my Instagram and my uh, TikTok I got. Oh, and I just made a Facebook like three days ago for Wonder Effects. Oh, nice. Yeah. So gonna hopefully have guitars coming out in the next year. Yeah. Hopefully sooner than that. I don't have one over here right now, <laughs> but it's in the other room. But um yeah, basically that's the only kind of social media I have is for the the pedal company. And uh I do share, you know me playing guitar every now and then on there so yeah uh post some sweller stuff every now and then so there's a little little bit of my past creeping in through there but yeah yeah. other than that it's just full steam ahead yeah don't ask me to make a record anymore (laughs) in my studio i think i'm i'm done recording bands nice um swellers are not getting back together anytime soon (laughs) i don't think and uh yeah thanks for having me dude this was this this is awesome this is great i i kind of forgot that i was like doing a podcast so i think i got away from the mic uh, quite a few times oh no you were great but because i think i was like back there a little bit but it sounded amazing dude uh, i'm glad yeah i got it going through some i got it going through all the nice shit yeah dude it sounded great got some good plugins yeah i have to listen to it when it's up and see if it really sounds okay after it's all said and done dude you gave so many incredible answers you you carried the conversation well it was a great great episode no dude well yeah i appreciate you man this has been cool yeah i gotta be up at 5 a.m too so i'm gonna i'm gonna edit this real quick and then i'm gonna upload it tomorrow well i'll upload it tonight but then i'll post it tomorrow oh right on well cool but yeah yeah, this is fun yeah, I'll try, I'll try to get my six hours to sleep in and then <laughs> we'll be good to go. Thanks, man, dude. I'm sorry I just went a little long, too. I was trying trying so hard to just like dude, compact it. No problem at all. I think that I got everything I needed to in, so it worked out. Yeah, it was amazing. Thank you so much. All right, you got it, man. Talk to you later. All right, see you. I'm going to pick up one of those pedals soon. Oh, dude, I got you. Yeah, let me know. Right. I'll, make you, I'll make you a special discount code. Fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> All <laughs> right, right on keep in touch i'm always here if you need anything cool appreciate you man see you later see you buddy